Hello, we are Mistra, Benedicta Adrian. Andersodden, and you're listening to Building Bridges Podcast. Building Bridges. You're good to go. Welcome to Building Bridges. I'm Sabi. And I'm Dave. And this is a Eurovision podcast for the rest of us. Well, today we built a bridge to Norway and uh, we have some very, very uh, exciting news about Norway, I would say. But before we get into all of that, Dave, do you have you even uh, digested the whole weekend yet? What happened? Everything? I haven't. I'm still not caught up on everything. Um, and what scares me is thinking that it's it's still only January. All of the Super yeah. Saturdays are, are, are still a few weeks away. Um, yeah. I, I need to save energy for San Remo because that week is just going to be hell, but a good hell, I think, because it's always fun. <laughs> it's just exhausting week. And uh, yes. we only really have a few national finals that have started so far. And um, there's, there's lots going on. So mm. um, Estonia, of course, uh, we can start with because they're... They finally started Estilao, uh, unlike MGP and um, the Lithuanian selection. They just had one kind of big semi-final and it was kind of brutal with 15 songs and only the top five making it through. And yeah. in true Estonian fashion, there were two rounds of voting. And uh, I think more or less the fan favorites got through, didn't they? More or less. I think uh, the two biggest favorites have been Oli and also uh, Pulup. I don't know how to pronounce the first name. I think it's uh, VC minus, but it could be five minus as well. Um, but I think that's honestly the best song in the whole Estonian selection, in my opinion. And it was, you know, they're such, they're so famous in Estonia anyway. It was obvious from the start that they would get through. A bit unnecessary to put them, you know, in the semifinal even, you know. Maybe somebody else could have gone through. Yeah, and, and Laura didn't make it through, so her Estonian dream's kind of over again. Yeah, because she keeps underwhelming every year more and more with her songs. And their song, fittingly, was called Here's Where I Draw the Line, and that's where the Estonian audience drew the line as well with her. Ooh. So. Anyway, those five acts will join the five that were pre-selected to go right to the final. And we've got a bit of a break now because they are going to have their final, I guess, on what's looking like it'll be a Super Saturday on February 17th. So, mm-hmm. um, more good news, I guess. Well, news anyway. <laughs> I'll let you decide if it's good. Uh, for your home nation, Kaleen was chosen for Austria. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you guys already uh, talked about this in the episode where I was absent, unfortunately. But um, I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, Kaleen is not someone who's like a big name in Austria like that. But uh, she is a name, at least in the Eurovision scene. Uh, we've discussed how much work she's done for Eurovision before. And, well, she's uh, the wife or girlfriend, I think, girlfriend of Marvin Dietmann. So, of course, the staging will be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, she can dance. She's proven that with the Fuego stand-in rehearsal. All in all, she has all the qualities and everything that it takes to do really well. Um, we just did an episode as well about uh, your neighbor, Slovenia, and of course, Jan, mm-hmm. is, uh, who's not with us uh, after the excitement of last week and all the Eurovision stuff that was going on in Ljubljana, he's, uh, I guess, taking a breather today. 
um, because Veronica is out, and uh, we posted our, our reviews on uh, on our website, buildingbridgespod.com. Generally, I think you and I kind of are on the same uh, thought process here. It's it's good, and it's I, I think for me it's a grower. I think the more I listen to this, the more I'll enjoy it. And based on the music video, I can't wait to see what she has planned for stage in Mamlan. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Era Rusi with Sari Im in Albania. It kind of reminds me of that with the you know, all the screaming, you know, it's very uh, mystical in a way, but also it has these Balkan influences, you know, of these. Uh, one thing that uh, I thought about is, you know, we have in Poland, we don't really know who's going to represent them. It's going to be an eternal selection. But the huge favorite is, of course, Justina with uh, Sama from 95. And the song, the Witcher, the horror song is very similar to that. And also, you know, the concept of a witch and everything. And I think if she would go to represent Poland and would meet Raven in the same semifinal, that could hurt both of them because it's kind of in the same category. Two witch songs in the same semi. Yeah. Which is a sentence that outside of Eurovision would just make no sense. Um, <laughs> Moving on then, uh, Portugal, not not a whole lot to say here, I, I admit I haven't gone through the Portuguese songs yet, uh, there are 20, uh, RTP mm-hmm. in Portugal released the Festival da Cansao songs this week, and they're split mm-hmm. into two semis, and of course six will make it out of each semi for a grand final of 12, and again yeah. if you go to our website the link is there in our weekly roundup, you can go to uh, YouTube and RTP has created a, a beautiful um, lyric video for each song and the whole playlist is yeah. there for everybody to listen to. So I think that'll be our homework over the coming weeks that we will have to uh, try and get through them all and eventually have something to say about them. I mean, about Portugal, uh, you can always rely on quality. I'm pretty optimistic regarding Portugal. I usually don't get that much into the national selection until the final because it's just, you know, it becomes too much at a certain point, you know, uh, and then, you know, you have semifinals in like 10 different countries and at some point I'm like, okay, let's wait for the final and then I'll make my judgment. Yeah. One country not having a semifinal, well, kind of, is Germany, of course, another neighbor of yours, the convenience of you being right in the middle of Europe. Das Deutsche Final 2024 is coming very soon and eight of the nine songs are out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not a good sign. <laughs> yeah, well, well, of course, the last one will be chosen for the Ich will zum ESC show. Uh, I'm, I have mixed feelings about this because one, none of these songs is bad, but at the same time, none is like you know, extremely. There's no standout. Attention grabbing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am very fond of Rick with oh boy and i think most people see this as the favorite because um i got chills when i listened to it and i know that rick can perform live really well because he already was in the national final in 2018 and the juries would definitely not put this last and i think even you know if this were to come last in the televote but you know got a better placement with the juries it would still be germany's best result that's sadly how low as it is. Um, I also like, uh, well, Marie Reim with Naive is like the typical Schlager that nobody can stand in the German speaking area, but it does quite well internationally. 
And I would just want Germany to send something in German again. Finally, since 2007, it's about time. Yeah, fair enough. Um, more countries, I mean, Finland now, all the songs are out. Um, for UMK fans, kind of excruciating the last couple of weeks, waiting one day, you know, getting one song a day, but uh, they're finally all out now. The last one was Vox Populi. Um, yeah. And of course, hard to believe one of those will be the successor to Cha Cha Cha. Karia's reign is coming to an end uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's crazy how uh, much Finland improved, how much of a powerhouse Finland has become, you know? Because, you know, in the all of Eurovision history, Finland has always been, you know, one of the least successful countries. And then uh, they now have in the 20s, you know, in this new decade, they've always had such a strong national final. And it's really hard for me to rank these songs because, like, I don't want to put anyone last because all of them are just so good and such a high quality. And so different. And, yeah. you, you pick one and exactly. then you realize you've forgotten another one and then, yeah, it's, it's really tough. Yeah. And uh, hopefully people will stay tuned and we might be speaking to some people from Finland over the coming weeks. So yeah, keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Um, of course, uh, they're, well, they're almost neighbor. <laughs> Their northern neighbor, Lithuania. Uh, is in Heat 2. They're mirroring, I guess, MGP in Norway, because they both started the same week. Uh, except that in Lithuania, um, I guess this is Eurovizia.lt. Butchered that, I'm sure, but anyway. They're doing five <laughs> semifinals and then a direct final after that. So they're only picking yeah. two songs per week. Um, Sebi, would this be Aiste and Jalvarinis? Oh, yeah. Sure, we'll go with that. Those are our, our two new um, qualifiers for the final in Lithuania. Hello, this is Sebi. While editing, uh, the connection just somehow died during this, so I will quickly sum up what we talked about. Uh, in Norway, of course, we had Heat 2 of Melody Grand Prix, and of course, amazing Gota stunned everyone and skyrocketed to number one in the batting odds and also qualified our judge tenderly of me and my AI. A lot of people have been surprised about Milo not qualifying, but of course MGP is very, very tough and only the best can make it. And we are very thrilled to announce that for Heat 3 we have several interviews prepared for you. And we will start with the first one, which is Mistra. So take it away. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Um, first of all, I must say you're such a unique and interesting duo. And uh, it's a very new duo, right? How did you guys uh, come together? How did this collaboration came into being? Well, we met a uh, little under one year ago, February 2023. And uh, during a dinner party with lots of musicians. And we were sitting talking about music and uh, ideas for uh, new music and uh, suddenly realized that we should do something together. And we had no idea what we were going to do. We just went into my studio and started to work. And then uh, suddenly we wrote the song, which you now know, Waltz of Death. And then I realized this is something truly special and we have to do a lot more. And we just wrote so many songs. You have no idea, we probably have 30, 40. Yeah. So we have already an, an album that is coming out uh, the day before the TV program with MGP. 
with 11 songs and this is only the beginning so uh, we're just uh, about to explode out to the world amazing yeah. <laughs> very exciting and we both have long careers so we sort of stand very established in our field each one of us yeah. and uh, you never know what happens when you try you just have to try it out and see because um it doesn't sound like a very likely good combination maybe that just all depends on what happens in studio so uh, our creativity just exploded and where did the name mistra come from comes from a river valley in uh, norway called rendarn where my um, ancestors are from my grandfather took me to this river called mistra which is the most Norwegian thing I could ever think of because it's a river coming down from the mountain yeah. into a valley and it's a very good fishing river but it also has this uh, steep valley that comes through so it's uh, always full of mists so we think the name comes from ancient Norwegian uh, word for fog which is mist which is also an English word yeah. and uh, we have so many words from ancient times uh, from Norwegian ancient times from the Vikings that uh, refers to the weather or things in the landscape and uh, this is one of those words where Norwegian have given words out to the English-speaking world so uh, it's uh, super Norwegian and very intriguing and very easy to say in all languages as well and it's very hard to find a name nowadays which has one word that's never been used before it's almost impossible whenever you have a good idea for a bad name you yeah. go online and there's 10 other bands immediately yeah. so that's another factor you know yeah so your song waltz of death is getting a lot of uh comments online can you can you tell us where it came from how it came to be and, and what it's about uh well first of all when anders and i when we decided to write songs together we agreed on um the fact that most songs that we like each one of us are songs with very interesting harmonies and so i said to anders can you give me just loads of nice harmonies i mean just loads i'm not afraid just the most complex you could ever send me and he said okay i'll send you 11 harmonies <laughs> in uh, in guitar riffs and uh, you see what you can come up with so he sent me walls of death and i was transformed I, I, I felt it was life-changing the moment I heard it and I felt that I want the audience to discover the song the way I do and I write the melody and the lyrics is that you have to listen before you open your mouth you have to listen to this you cannot just sing and try to be heard you just have to feel the music listen to the the chords and just go with that flow and so also the words and the music is I want to go with flow, not afraid to... Uh, I mean, this is really my feelings when I received his guitars on email. And then within uh, within two hours, I had uh, found the lyrics, the melody, and I sang it on my iPhone. And <laughs> I was just listening to it in my ears and singing it like on my phone. That was the only the singing track so that he could just melted into the guitars in studio and we just knew immediately that something has happened today <laughs> yeah one of those crazy moments when you 
write something and it instantly feels like it's important and also it just feels like uh, you didn't do it if you know what i mean just found it in the universe and here it is it's one of those crazy things with you music which uh, we all strive for to make something that is uh, the best we could listen to so that's another part of the reason why we were you know intrigued by this this to us is the perfect uh, funeral song but in a happy way you know <laughs> <laughs> I told her the same night we wrote the song that this will be the anthem played when I die. And she was like, I felt the same. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's hope it's, it'll take a while. Yeah, yes. it's going to be. So we'll, we'll think happier thoughts uh, for now. So you could have released this through regular channels, maybe put it on Spotify or, or just maybe toured with it. So where did the idea come from to enter this into MGP for this year? Ah, I worked with another guy who has been in the business forever and just spoke about music and my new project and I was very excited and he said, well, uh, how many years is it since you participated with Lenge Leve Liva and Dolly Deluxe? And I said, well, that, that'll be 40 years in 24. And he said, well, you should do it again now. Yeah. And it was like lightning strike. And I thought, that's right. I should do it again now. Um, and first, I thought that Anders would not do it. I think first you said no. Uh, my immediate response was no. Why? How? <laughs> but I didn't really know because I haven't been paying attention to what's going on with uh, that program since uh, forever because I've been in the metal world and uh, touring a lot and my Saturdays have never been sitting at home watching TV since I was 17 mm -hmm. so I wasn't really aware of where uh, you know the program was nowadays and uh, another factor for me was also of course that nowadays you release something it's streaming regardless and when you do it it will go worldwide immediately and we, if we did this song and everything with the project without the MGP. Mm -hmm. uh, Benedictus uh, Wikipedia will say that she won the MGP 40 years ago. So if we didn't do it, I would assume that everybody would say, what the hell don't you do it? You know, <laughs> somehow that would, uh, it would sort of be its own circle or should we do it? If we do it, we're definitely going to do it full on. If you don't do it, everybody will complain. Why don't we do it? Or something stupid like that and then we'll be regretting for the rest of our lives that we didn't do it why the fuck didn't we do it because they wanted us to do it so it was it's another factor is that uh nrk suddenly opened for all kinds of different music so we could do everything we want with it with the performance and everything is just like we want it's not like a format for the program which is the main reason why it's really great for us to do it yes well, Benedicta, you already mentioned uh, 1984, you went to Eurovision in Luxembourg. Um, can you quickly sum up what was that experience like for you back then? <laughs> oh, well, I did it with my best friend from childhood in Dol Deluxe. And we also decided that we wanted to do it in our way. Yeah. We said we, we want to always be proud of the song and the thing we did, because we did not try to make something that would fit we tried it to make something that would fit our career and what we wanted wanted to do. So that's uh, we have the same attitude now, Anders and me. And I like to be in a duo. I must say, I really like to work in a duo uh, because I think it's magical what you can make between two people instead of just 
me doing my thing. So I've been searching for a long time, feeling sometimes a little bit lost, thinking where am I going with all this? Because I know I'm a creative person, but I need to have somebody to throw my ideas with. So um, I'm just amazed that I can make this guy <laughs> into the Eurovision. I yeah. think it's such a great thing for the Eurovision because I'm a fan of Eurovision. Yes. I'm 10 when ABBA won. And I, I've been listening, I know strange songs from Italy, uh, Turkey, uh, yep. Netherlands. I can sing all these strange songs going back. So I, I just feel that it's such a fantastic platform for getting to know other people's culture and what is going on in their, in their field. And, uh, and luckily NRK really wanted something new and different in yep. their format. I knew that. Anders didn't know that because I watched Mourner Skin uh, <laughs> when they won. I was like, yeah! Loro non sanno di che parlo, vestici sporchi fratti franco. I'm there, I'm falling. Yes, yeah. things are happening. We need something new always in the Eurovision. Yes. Maybe this is us this time then to, yeah. to be the different one. Yes. And I mean, we know that Eurovision has changed a lot since then, but. Um... Did it also change, you know, from an artist perspective for you between then yes. and now? Yeah, you go immediately international when you do the Eurovision. Maybe yeah. more now than before. And we also sing in English and not in Norwegian because we always thought that if you look at black metal, um, it's Norwegian metal is quite big outside Norway, whereas in Norway, I mean, in Norway is already a small country. Yeah. Some people like it, and yes, but uh, we always thought with our project that we would have to find a bigger audience to find enough fans for our uh, our music. Right, so let's turn to Anders for for a second. Um, yeah. It's a pleasure to talk to you, but I've I've got some very jealous friends in Sweden right now, who uh, who know I'm speaking to you right now, and they're they're pretty upset. Uh, so one of them even saw you. I, I hope I say it right. In Sat Satricon, yeah, yeah. Satricon, Satricon, yeah. You performed it, yeah. So um, now that you've become ex exposed to this, I guess this whole um, Eurovision scene and this Melody Grand Prix, do you think you would ever maybe one day consider uh, entering with one of your bands like Cadaver or Magenta? No, I don't think that's a good idea for many reasons. I think it's a good idea to do what we're doing as a new thing because uh, uh, I like also some music to be genre specific and uh, I don't think Eurovision ever will be like a death metal channel and it shouldn't be really because that belongs to a different kind of world and it has its own circuits or festivals and everything internationally anyway, which is a different thing. And um, for me, doing something brand new is more exciting as a musician as well to do something that i haven't done before uh, because uh, as musicians uh, you get older and you've done most of the stuff on your bucket list that you, i never had really a bucket list but if i look back already in 2006 i was headlining the rock in open air which is the biggest metal festival in the whole world so i could have stopped working as a musician then and said like i i came to the very top, if that was the point. But that's never the point for a musician. You always search for something new and you shouldn't be afraid of trying new things and do new collaborations. 
because whatever you do with music, the magic thing is that if it suddenly hits uh, an audience that you never realized you had, it can happen overnight still because of the internet and the streaming and everything. We can see it already bubbling a lot. I've never seen numbers like we have with this song now for anything I've done before. So it must mean we're doing something right. And already comments from people are uh, that this is super great and really, really cool, but it doesn't really belong in the format of the Eurovision. And uh, that's perfectly because we wanted to do something new, serve it to people and uh, make sure that our music is the, pro the whole point and not the TV program is the point, you know. Yeah. This is just a channel to get our music out there. Yeah. So last weekend you went to the press conference with all the other acts where your song has been revealed. Uh, did you guys get a chance to listen to the other acts as well? And what do you think of them? So far we have not had much time to do yeah. whatever we need to do. Um, yeah. But it looks like a fun final and we are in the third semi-final, which is probably the hardest one to, uh, yeah, hardest competition. So, but you, um, you might be an honor as well. You usually save the best songs for last, so let's hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole competition thing. I think all the musicians that were there on Friday, some of them I know from uh, the past, uh, but everybody sort of has their own thing, totally different from each other. So I think from the artist point of view, we, we're just all there to present whatever we are doing, and uh, the fact that the audience call in and say who's best isn't really the inspiration the inspiration is uh, individually for everybody to make their music and make it uh, you know yeah. uh, open for the audience to listen to and check out and uh, we have no control over how this will be anyway in life you know with musicians you try your best and you put your music out but yeah, you have no clue why or how many people you will reach and if there was a formula for that uh, fortunately, there is not, which is great, you know. If you backtrack our story after this, it will never be the same, you know. It will, it's always, things just evolve the way they do, and uh, uh, it's just a beautiful thing with life, that you never know what you're gonna get, and when it gets exciting like this, it's really, really fun, and that's what we strive for. So the competition part isn't really the motivation anyway. I think that's, uh, people who are motivated by competitions will not make the greatest song because then they will think that this should work for this and whenever you think like that this should work for radio or this should work for whatever for the Eurovision or you know that's not why we make music we make music for ourselves and for people who like the same music as us so that's how it is I think the other artists are doing it the way we are doing it they're just putting themselves forward to show what they're doing nowadays. Yeah. So it's a very good atmosphere within, yeah, in the green room. <laughs> a lot of nice people who are doing their things with their heart in it, which yeah. is good. So I think we have to come to an end quite soon. Um, do you have some final words or some message for our listeners? Listen to the music <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, feel it. Don't think too much. And uh, have a have a nice life before it's over, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good message. All right, yeah. thank you guys so much. Um, thank you. Wish you the best of luck, of course, for MGP. Thanks a lot for listening to our music, and we're so excited that you're sitting in 
in Canada and in Vienna and you're interested in what we're doing. It feels amazing. Thank you so much. All right. You can't wait to see it, what it looks like in a few weeks. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you you so much once again to Mistra. Um, Well, if you think about it, we had another Eurovision legend in a way, or another big Eurovision star at least on this podcast now through MGP. So that's another nice way to connect and to build the bridges. Um, And well, she's not the only famous one in this duo, obviously. No, because Anders uh, is huge, huge, especially in Scandinavia. Um, One of the first big kind of like death metal uh, bands, Cadaver, uh, he was a founding member of. And I think um, even though Eurovision fans might not know him, for sure, just your average Norwegian would, would know the name and not probably associate him with uh, with MGP or Eurovision for sure. Yeah. Well, he also said it wouldn't be a good idea to maybe go with one of his bands. Maybe they don't also follow the rules of no cursing and, you know, you know, to be docile and stuff like that. But thank you so much for listening to this episode and, uh, well, stay tuned. We've got a lot more MGP content coming this week. This week, we're really heating it up because the first few things were just warm up and now we're going wild. Dave is looking very skeptical. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I can't wait for the week. I can't wait to see MGP on Saturday, the final heat, and then, and I guess, start speculating on, on who of the nine will win. And if, you know, if we'll get some random 10th entry surprise, who knows? Nine seems like an odd number for a final, so maybe they'll pull a 10th one out of somewhere. <laughs> This is not Germany. (laughs) Alright, thank you so much for listening and check out our website buildingbridgespod.com and we're Building Bridges Pod on all of social media so check out our socials as well. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Tschüss and tschüss.